Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Joking Dolphin Gaming Pod. I'm Mark, and as always, enjoyed by Matthew. Hello. Ah, Nathan. All right. How are we doing? Yeah, do, doing well. Not too bad, thank you. Off the back Good. of a wonderful firework time. <laughs> a lovely firework, a firework time. time. I couldn't think of what it was. Okay. Um, on fire night. night. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Guy Fawkes, you know. That the dude. man who tried to. Parliament didn't Parliament. get blown up this year, so yeah. But less said about that, the better. Well, I didn't see any fireworks, but I heard plenty of them. We shouldn't give the public explosives. I've never understood it, to be honest. No, I never trust the public with anything, to be honest. Yeah, what we've learned is just never trust the public with anything. Yeah, yeah let's just live in a dystopia instead. Yep. Uh, anyway, should we move on to games? Yeah. And news. Uh, shall we kick off with an announcement from Sony? Uh, mm-hmm. a quite an eye-watering announcement. So PSVR 2 has been announced, the release date, and the pricing. Ooh. So what do we know? So it's going to be released on February the 22nd, 2023. February! Uh, that's when everything has to come out. That's it. Stacked. Ooh, okay, deep breath for this. <laughs> the price for the PSVR 2, uh, just on its own, well, it, it comes with the headset, the sense controllers, and stereo headphones. And that will cost 529 and 99 New England pence. Mm. What do we think of that? A little British pound sterling, if you, if you didn't catch one. on that. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it's pretty uh, steep, isn't it? Steep? It's effing vertical. It's, right. if, it's more than the console. Yeah. It's, I just yeah. don't understand it. So that's that's equivalent to five hundred forty nine ninety nine dollars, uh, five hundred ninety nine ninety nine euros, so six hundred euros, and seventy four thousand nine hundred eighty yen. It's it's a bit rich, isn't it? I can't well, remember got how to be to buy one of these. <laughs> how much was the original PSVR? I can't remember. Does anybody know? Is it like two fifty three hundred around that kind of ballpark? I think it was, yeah. Right. But then they announced there's a, a bundle as well. So it's going to be the Horizon called the Mountain Bundle. So that obviously encode everything we just mentioned and a voucher for Horizon Call of the Mountain. Uh, and that will cost £569.99. So that's an extra 40 quid. For a code. Hmm. For a game. I'm not on that. What a physical. Come on, you know, we're going into the digital future. Uh, I'm going to hold on to it as long as I can. But then uh, they've also announced that there's going to be a sense controller charging station, and that will cost 40 quid. So players can charge the PSVR 2 sense controller through a simple clicking design without having to connect to a PS5 console, freeing up the console's USB ports. Ah. To be honest, I don't use the USB ports on my PS5 anyway, so that's fine. I could probably go without that. So players in the US, UK, France, Germany, Belgium, Netherlands, and Luxembourg will be able to pre-order PSVR 2 solely through PlayStation's online store at direct.playstation.com. And pre-orders will begin on November the 15th, and they can register for pre-orders starting today. Well, when that announcement was made. So, now. Oh, I didn't know you could register. I'm going to do mm-hmm. that after the pod. For that much? Are you going to go jumping straight away then? Oh, of course I am. Oh, okay. Yeah. This this sometime I can save myself up money every month and then 
when it comes out, just buy it. So orders that are made through that website, um, the bundles will ship throughout the week of the launch. So you might not get it launched day, but throughout that week. And did you see the um, the eleven titles they announced? Ooh, what we got? So we've got, I've not wrote any comments about it, but <laughs> what we got is the Dark Pictures Switchback VR. So Dark Pictures are those horror games, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Crossfire Sierra Squad. I believe that's a like a first-person shooter thing. The Light Brigade. I don't know what that is. Uh, Cities VR. So that's you know City Skyline. Mm. Uh, Cities VR Enhanced Edition. Uh, Cosmonius High, which I know is from the makers of Job Simulator. So I think yeah, I'll be, I think I'll be, yeah. Yeah, I think I'll yeah. be into that one. Then we've got Hello Neighbor, Search and Rescue. Mm. Uh, then Jurassic World Aftermath Collection. I assume they're previous games that exist, but I've never seen them myself. Uh, Pistol Whip VR. Oh, Zenith. I like the sound of that one. <laughs> uh, Zenith The Last City. Uh, After the Fall and Tentacular. I don't really know what any of those are, but there you go. Tentacular sounds a bit sus to me, but there you go. So, any plans to buy this anytime soon? Well, clearly yeah, Nathan's on, on, yeah. that, on that pre-order train, so... Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I'm going to wait until I see more games that are going to be worth for it currently. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like always at launch. There's never really that much worth playing, is it? There's not a yeah. blockbuster game on that eleven that you've read out, to be honest. No, but there is going to be that Horizon one, obviously. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be the big one, isn't it? That's the that's going to be the schedule launch mm. title, isn't it? Yeah. But is that going to be worth just buying it to start with? No, I don't think so. Not for me, anyway. No. Well, you got to think as well. It's not backwards compatible with any of the PSVR yeah, that's the original thing, tiles. So. If it was, I'd be more pushed to buy it. Yeah. That's that's a staggering price. That really is. To be honest, like before this came out, I thought to myself, maybe three fifty, four hundred. Mm. It's for me, it's it's a peripheral and it's got to be cheaper than the console that runs it. But well, it's not it, it is expensive now, but I can't see when it'll start going down in price. I think it'll. I think everyone will be clambering to get it, and we might see something similar when the PF, PS5 first came out, where people are scalping. Yeah, I was going to say we know where this is. Oh going. yeah, no, it's just going to be scalpers. That's it. Scalpers. Nobody will be able to get it on launch anyway, and they're going to be looking for a tidy profit, aren't they? Mm. As if that wasn't extortionate enough. Mm-hmm. Could be talking grand here. People trying to sell them for. Not worth it. Not worth it. Not worth it, quite. But from uh, PlayStation, should we move on to Xbox? Yeah, let's jump over. Because um, there's been some comments from Phil Spencer. He said that uh, he stated that Xbox Game Pass is profitable, but it's experiencing slow growth. But PC Game Pass has had an increase of 159% year on year. And then he went on to say this, which is very interesting. We've held price on our console. We've held price on games and our subscription. I don't think we'll be able to do that forever. I do think at some point we'll have to raise some prices on certain things. But going into this holiday, we thought it was really important that we maintain the prices that we have. So do you remember when PlayStation announced like their price increase? Yeah. And then they got vilified. Now, now Xbox are saying they're going to probably have to increase them. Even though they said they wouldn't. So 
where's the backlash against this lot? Yeah, I guess be because same. I guess because they've not actually done it yet. But, yeah. But, yeah. But, no, but I think they've also they've gone kind of forewarning of like this is just the the times at the moment everyone's kind of rising raising prices and. But it's double standards though. Somebody, you know, people are like, oh, Xbox is great because they're not doing this, and then basically they're just saying they're doing it or they will do it. So. I can understand why. <laughs> Because well, on, yeah. game, on Game Pass, you're getting brand new games. Like, for example, um, last month I bought a Playtale Requiem for 45 quid, and that was available on Game Pass when it came out. I don't think they can keep up putting these these games day one on Game Pass without putting the price up. But would it be worth it? I still say so. Because if if you're if you've bought into the ecosystem and you're all about Game Pass, then it's worth it to you if a game, even if one or two games come out a year, instead of paying 60 quid each or however much it is, you, you get on Game Pass, but you get all these other experiences as well. I still think it's worth it. Uh, but there was uh, other reports as well that apparently the Series X sells at a $100 loss and the Series S sells at a $200 loss. Yeah, well, the Series S is the gateway to Game Pass, isn't it? So I can it's... imagine them taking a bigger loss on that. Because the GPU and the CPU is the same on X and S consoles, so that's probably taking the brunt of the cost there. Mm, but it is meant to be like the not, not as powerful machine, so... And plus you don't have a disk drive. So. Yeah. But it's got less RAM, less memory. That's what I mean. It's, it's less powerful, so why is it... Why are they making more of a loss on the S than on the X? Because it's, it's well, it's less expensive. It's cheaper, isn't it? Oh, I thought it would be cheaper the to X, make as well. Well, it is cheaper to make, but the X is 450 The S is 250 But some of the technology is the same, so there's smaller margins on the S than the X because of the price difference. I didn't think it was that much of a difference. didn't realise uh, it was 200 I thought it was about maybe 100 Hmm. Because there's only a 50, is it about 50 difference between the PlayStation disc and digital? Yeah, I believe so. Some of them. Yeah. But it's, it's been like that for years. Like ever since the PS1, they'd make a loss on the hardware, make it up on the software side as the generation goes on. So it's nothing new. Oh, no, I, I don't think it was anything new. I was just surprised at just how much the S is, they seem to be making a loss on. Mm. It's to be honest. Yeah, on the S, I've seen it for as little as 150 quid on eBay, which is absolutely wild. And I did think about getting one just to have it, but I don't I don't really give my X much love, so, yeah, it'd be a bit of a paperweight. Interesting, though. But that wasn't all from Phil Spencer. He had comments about Call of Duty as well. Of course he would. Mm. So he's speaking to the Same Brain YouTube channel. And he had a comment about the ongoing saga about Call of Duty on PlayStation, that kind of thing. You know, the story that won't die keeps going on. And he said this. We're not taking Call of Duty from PlayStation. That's not our intent. Our intent is not to do that. And as long as there's a PlayStation out there to ship to, our intent is that we'll continue to ship Call of Duty on PlayStation. Similar to what we've done with Minecraft since we own that. We've expanded the places where people can play Minecraft. We haven't reduced the places... And it's been good. It's been good for the Minecraft community. In my opinion, 
and we want to do the same when we think where Call of Duty can go over the years. So can we put this to bed? No. <laughs> Let's go to PlayStation, he says. Let's just draw a line in the sand and say it's, it's, that's what's going to happen. It's coming to PlayStation, time exclusive, day one game pass to sell them game passes at the bigger price point. But it would be incredibly dumb to not release it on PlayStation. And oh, yeah, Phil's not a dumb guy. Can we stop rumbling this bloody story off? Yeah. Right. To, to be honest, tell yeah. Sony to give over then. Phil's said these things. I think he's going to make fans. guarantees. <laughs> well, it's just. Uh... I don't know what else they're supposed to say now, though, has they? Well, that's what they can they do, really. It's like that's look. that's the that's the clearest. It's come out, hasn't it? That's the clearest statement they put saying this is what's happening. Mm. So that should be it. No more of this chopping story. I don't know for it. Until next podcast. <laughs> well, yeah. Hey, they flipped on the price. They might flip on Call of Duty as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think on, on two fronts, it'd be, it'd be bad if they did that. Because one, it'd be a PR disaster. Now they've come out and said this. And two, they'd just be leaving so much money on the table if they ever did well, that. That's the thing. It's just, especially when we got things like crossplay and all that. Yeah. It'd be dumb. What? <laughs> Matt looks like he's got other opinions, but go on. No, no, I don't have opinions. I absolutely agree. I just like I don't I don't see what Sony has to kind of fear for well, there's obvious things to fear that but I, I, there's some some remarks that they made where like, oh because Xbox buying it, people move over to Xbox. It's like, no, this like called it'd be silly to keep Call of Duty on Xbox. And PC and keep it away from PlayStation for all that money. Yeah. So. I mean, and, and sounds like the last Call of Duty was just like broken sales records or something. Well, that's what I may sort of lead into we'll with my on. next news. Yes. Um, if I was to bring it up from um, Eurogamer, according to Activision, um, in its first three days, uh, Modern Warfare 2 has generated over $800 million worldwide. That's a whole chunk of change. It, oh, yeah. That's a big chunk of change. Uh, pretty much making more than um, some Marvel films this year, which is, you know, well, how much they, they make. So. <laughs> yeah, but this year's Marvel films, not the best. Look, Shang-Chi was good, all right? Don't, was that don't this year? Rubbish. Yeah, that was this year. That was like the first oh, one. That felt so oh, long ago. Sure. <laughs> that feels like three years ago. No, we've had, what, Shang-Chi, we've had... Thor. You're right, Shang-Chi is great. Shang-Chi strange. Uh, uh, Thor. Uh, terrible. No, Thor, the Thor uh, film is creme de la creme. That's an amazing... No, stop that. Stop with the goat. Okay. Um, <laughs> it is the goat. You're right. You're right, Matt. No, it's not. Anyway. Uh, and then we've got Black Panther to finish it off in a couple of weeks, actually. Hopefully that'll salvage the year. The year. Well, is the series has been better so anyway i digress um so yeah 100 million dollars worldwide has pretty much made it the best-selling koi tile in the franchise history uh, apparently previous record holder was modern warfare 3 i thought you were going to say modern warfare 2 then yeah the other modern warfare 2 no modern warfare 3 in 2011 which made over 775 million in five days. Do we 
know why it's done so well. Nostalgia, the name. You think? I think that's played a part. I don't. I I don't know. It's a bit of a because I don't. I don't see what's weird. One. What, I don't see a reason why it would suddenly become. I don't think it was hyped up as much or anything like that uh, as any other Call of Duty. I can't be too sure. Maybe, maybe it's the Modern Warfare name. Or is it just inflation? Oh, well, yeah. Let's, let's could, it could also be inflation, I suppose. Yeah. You know, like the most, what, cheapest version that I saw was about 55, 60. Yeah, I think it was 55 from Curry's because I've been looking at it as well. Um, even though I've bought mine digitally. But I have a reason for mine. So. Yeah, we'll let you off, Matt. Um, but yeah. That's that's massive numbers for a franchise that a lot of people were saying have been dying for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> still laughing the old lady yet? And people are still complaining about it now, aren't they? Saying, oh, there's missing features and all that. It's just, yeah. I mean, it is. I, I do think there is some stuff missing. I can't find a combat record that you'd usually have. Nope. Um, nope. Leaderboards, don't think there's any leaderboards. There is a couple, there is one map that's missing from the bear um, due to some shenanigans of using uh, the layout oh, is, of the... Is that the F1 race one? No, no, no. That's come back okay. in. They've had oh, to rename it? that. It's, oh, that, uh... that was it. Yeah, they had to rename it, didn't they? Yeah. Which one is it? It's not a museum map. That's, that's already in, although that also is potentially might get removed because apparently it's based off a... No, sorry. The museum one that was in the bit of the kind of the white-ish kind of building, yeah. that's been removed because I think that's based on a real location that they didn't get permission to do. The whole Activision, te- not get permission for something. <laughs> well, Shock horror. Well, wait, wait until the next map that will also potentially have to get removed because they're not permission. Uh, there's a hotel map that's apparently based on a real Premier life. Premier Inn. Premier Inn, no. <laughs> Uh, it's a hotel in Amsterdam. Yeah. That they're not they're not happy that's in the game. They didn't get permission either. So that's two maps down. <laughs> uh, could have been a third for the Grand Prix one. I, I didn't understand the Grand Prix one because I'm sure is it based just, on a real one or is it is it just the name yeah. Grand Prix? Uh, I think it's the name. I can't remember what they actually called it. Because is it actually called Grand Prix now? Or is that no, it's it called. Used to be called? Crown Raceway. Yeah, because I think it's based on... Um, is it Abu Dhabi? I would not be shocked. It looks quite like it, to be fair, actually. Thinking about it now. Mm. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of troubles. And then people don't like the UI as well. It's a bit... Oh, yeah. Apparently, um, the person who designed that was someone who was on Hulu. You know that? Yeah, I've heard about this. Like, he designed the UI for Hulu. Yeah, it so looks like very. Service. It looks very Netflix. <laughs> yeah, it just looked bad. Yeah, been a lot of complaints, complaints about that. Well, I mean, it's like the first menu that you run into is literally there's just one tile, and that's it. It's like okay, I'm sure we're gonna get like that, and then probably the Warzone once it's released, Warzone 2.0, and then the DMZ mode as well that's coming out at the same time. I'm sure yeah. they're meant to be split. I'm sure it'll look better over time. I've heard that it's one area that they're actually looking to improve throughout the two-year life cycle that Modern Warfare 2 is going to have for the first time in Call of Duty history, I think, since Call of Duty Modern Warfare 4, I think. 
It's going to feel two-year cycle. It's going to feel very odd with no Call of Duty next year. Hmm. I can't. I kind of, I kind of like it though. I I think it would be better for a game's life cycle. Yeah, but I can't imagine it. it's like when it gets to October next year. It's going to be there's going to be no talk about Call of Duty. It's going to be insane. Well, there's going to be a lot of talk of like the second phase for Modern Warfare. Second phase. <laughs> well, I don't know what to call it. Is it year two? I suppose you you'd officially well, call it. <laughs> that, that's a good point because there's not going to be one. Do we think that's one of the reasons why? A lot of people are buying it because you're getting two years out of a game rather than one. So people seeing the value in that. Possible. Yeah. Maybe. To be honest, that's probably one of the reasons why I bought it. Yeah. I, I I just like Call of Duty. So. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so I'll, I'll. I remember I did say what was it what, a couple of podcasts ago if it was moved from PlayStation would I not move over? I'd say like no. I'm like I kind yeah. of think now like well uh, maybe PC perhaps. <laughs> get on PC instead but are you going to get it Nate? I I think I will because from what I've seen of it it does look absolutely fantastic now um, I've been looking at videos of like the Amsterdam um, bits Mm -hmm. and sure you have it's absolutely amazing no there's no from the campaign yeah yeah Mm. it it looks fantastic yeah that did look quite impressive actually while I was playing it Uh, I think we'll pick it up I need to for me I think when it gets to 45 quid, I'll, I'll jump at that point. Fair dues. Yeah. But in the middle of all that, we did briefly mention EA. No, we didn't. We briefly mentioned Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> but now I've said it now, Marvel and EA. Spoilers! <laughs> so there's been a, a deal apparently signed between Marvel and EA to develop three Marvel games. And we think the first one we think we know is the Iron Man game. Which has been described as a single-player action-adventure game. Why? Why? Why wouldn't it be? Of course, that's probably what it'd be. I hope they bring that to VR because there was the Iron Man game that they brought out for VR, and I really wanted it, but I never ended up getting it. Because you, cool you couldn't be bothered to set your VR up. That's what. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Understandable. Uh, another game is thought to be the Black Panther game. I think we're way off, but the third one is unknown. Marvel's Avengers Two. Uh, no, no. Really <laughs> but I, I just hope these are all going to be like proper single player games I mean they've said the Iron Man one is I think the Black Panther one is as well isn't it I think I can't quite remember I believe so I'm just worried this third one's going to be some multiplayer nonsense that nobody's going to care about but probably because I just don't trust EA I think I, I would like to see a, a proper go at the Marvel Avengers, just but stripping out the live service stuff, like just a proper like play as a hero, do co-op, go through missions. Mm. Why can't we just do that? I'm gonna mess around with RPG stuff and looting. Yeah, yeah, I didn't start all that nonsense in that game. Well, sticking with EA, uh, we've got a bit of a I suppose potential rumors about a. Uh, recently revealed game uh, that could be coming out sooner than we would even possibly imagine considering from the time the first rumour came out of of its potential name to now rumour of when it's coming out so Star Wars Star Wars Jedi Survivor we could be looking at it coming out February 
end of <laughs> close, pretty close. Not February, but March. March yeah. next year. Yeah, but we're skimmed by that point. We're skimmed by that point. Yeah, we're gonna, we are going to be pretty scared at that point. But yeah, so um, speaking to investors uh, in a financial briefing recently, uh, EA have come out and said a major IP is due to arrive before the 31st of March next year. But they didn't reveal what the IP would be. Um, but speculation going around uh, is suggesting that it could be... Um, a major IP? A, Mm. Sims 5. <laughs> could, yeah, be. could be. It's a major no, no, it's, it's pretty major. The amount of money that they make off it. Um, yeah, I think it's probably more likely, isn't it? To be this. It could be, yeah. I mean, at, at the moment, it, it does have a 2023 date, but obviously, there's no. We don't know when that could be. Um, but, I mean, how. When did Fallen Order come out? It came out. 2019, 2018? 2019. It came out on November the 15th, 2019. Yeah, so what? Almost almost four years later? Could work out for a, for a Yeah, seat. that's about right. Yeah. So, I mean, once they show off a lot more of the game, I think I'll definitely be excited for it. I definitely enjoyed Fallen Order once I got over certain areas. Um <laughs> But, no, it was a really good game. Definitely look to see what they do with the sequel. So, just bringing it back to PlayStation a bit. So, the verdict is in for God of War Ragnarok, in terms of its Metacritic score anyway. And it turns out it's the highest rated game to come out of PlayStation Studios, which really excites me because the time is almost upon us to play it. Mm. Can't wait. I'm not going to pre-order or anything, but I'll find it. I'll get it. I'll find it. <laughs> find it. <laughs> um, so along with the article that I read about this, they they basically came up with like the top ten games um, that had come out of PlayStation Studios, along with their Metacritic rating. In that top ten, does anyone anyone want to hazard a guess at what's in there? Last of Us, Part One and two. Last of Us. Horizon Zero, Zero Dawn, Horizon Forbidden West, God of War, Marvel yeah. Spider Man, yeah. Miles Morales. It's like, name all the PlayStation exclusives. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be in there. Right. I'll go from the bottom upwards. So, it might surprise you. Me from so, 10 down to 1. Uh, yes. There's actually 11. I've just recounted them. So from 11 <laughs> to 1. Okay. Fair enough. So. With a score of 83, Astro's Playroom. So that's number 11. Quality Decent game. game. Yep, really yep. enjoyed that. Oh, really At number 10, we've got Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales with 85. Again. Solid. Yeah. Good. At number 9, we've got Returnal with 86. Returnal. I didn't realise that was a PlayStation Studio one. Because mm. they've not even come out and said they've acquired the studio yet have they that's the whole I think they did didn't they did they no they didn't they they released a banner with them on but wasn't it didn't they then quickly take it down because like they hadn't really announced it i thought they eventually announced it though i thought they did as well it was quite a while afterwards i think i think they did announce it oh. eventually maybe i missed it 
But anyway, that. Is it okay. nine? Yes. Number eight, Uncharted, Legacy oh, of, of Thieves that Collection at 87. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Uncharted. Yeah. This one surprised me a bit. I think Demon's Souls will be there somewhere, I think. Mm. Oh, we'll, we'll get there, we'll get there. Uh, so, number seven, Gran Turismo 7, with 87. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. I, I, that one that, surprised that me. That can't have been rated that high, no. I think that's probably the one PlayStation Studios game that's had a lot of trash talked about it. Yeah. For what I can remember. Because oh, it's predatory nature. It's money and, you know. A lot of missing <laughs> the expense of having having the, the amount it costs by cars and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, next one that you'll like, Mark. Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. Hey. Oh yeah. Eighty-seven. So that was number six. Number five, Horizon Forbidden West with eighty-eight. Four, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart also with eighty-eight. Three. Mm-hmm. So why is that above? above? I don't know. Should be equal. Well, well, maybe, that, maybe that's why there's 11. Right, equal right. in third place. <laughs> so we've got Horizon Forbidden West, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and The Last of Us Part 1, all with 88. Okay. And then Demon Souls, with 92. And then lastly, God of War Ragnarok with 94. I should have premised this by saying these are all PS5 titles. Yeah, so I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I was like, thinking that. I was like, wait a minute, where's, 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 where's the original? The <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay yeah, we're all PS5 titles, fine. Yeah, anyway, that's the list. Also, just a bit of quick news, um, just about Ratchet and Clank. This month, because it's Ratchet and Clank's 20th anniversary celebration, um, we're going to be getting five games being added to the PlayStation Premium on the 15th of November. So we're going to be getting Ratchet and Clank, Ratchet and Clank going commando, Ratchet and Clank up your arsenal. Thought that one quite funny. Uh, Ratchet and Clank deadlocked, Ratchet and Clank future tools of destruction. So I think that's one thing that's been put against the the premium, that there's not as many first party titles as the people would have liked, but I think this is going to bolster that. So that's good. If you got the premium. Still never played a Ratchet and Clank game. Have you not? Oh. No. I've not even actually. Um, I played a demo of one. I can't yeah, I don't I have no idea which one it was. I'm fairly sure it was PS2. Mm. It's fine. I've got the one that's just called Ratchet and Clank that I think came out on PS4. Yeah. But no, still not played it. But I'd like to play Rift Apart, that doesn't look really good actually. Yeah, Rift Apart is really good. I think that's also a good game if you if you are like a beginner to the franchise as well, because it does kind of um, it does like a little bit of where they come from and where they are because it was quite a while between games. Obviously, there was a Ratchet and Clank on PS4, but in in terms of that, because I think that was near a launch title for the PS4, so it'd been a good few years. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's absolutely amazing. I think you can pick it up for about fifteen or twenty quid now, so it's not even that expensive. One of my favourites on PS5. But yeah, for you Ratchet and Clank fans out there, it's good stuff. Excellent. You did mention The Last of Us in the middle of all that. Mm, yeah. yeah. There's some news there, isn't there? Mm, there's just a bit of news. Uh, for the HBO series. Mm. It's been, well, I think it's been filmed now. But we actually have a release date for it. For the uh, the US and, I suppose, the UK here. 
folks here. So in the US at least, it will be released on the 15th of January uh, on mm. HBO's platforms. I think in the UK, I think Sky picked it up, if I recall. And that will be on the 16th of January next year. Oh, day later. How dare they? <laughs> One whole day later, but yeah. yeah. That is a lot earlier than I think many people expected, wasn't it? I don't think people expected mm. it in January. thought it was going to be like later in the year. I know. Jolly good. Looking forward to that one. Certainly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Actually, I'm looking forward to it. it. It does look good from what I've seen. Mm. So. Well, if we also stuck to, uh, I suppose, TV adaptations of video games, uh, we've got a bit of news on The Witcher on Netflix. Yeah, didn't we? Yeah, we've got some, I suppose, good news. And then that news turned a little sour, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> if I can best describe that. Um, so... I believe they're still... I don't know if they wrapped up Phil Newman um, season three or not. I believe they might have. I presume they probably have, yeah. More than likely, yeah. So Netflix have come out and they've announced there's going to be a season four already. Yay. Uh, yep. But it's going to be without its leading man currently. Oh. As, uh, as Mr. Henry Cavill will be leaving his role as Geralt. Um... I think they've already announced his replacement, Liam Hemsworth. Hemsworth, yes. Thor's brother, brother. I believe, isn't it? Yeah, Thor's brother. Brother to Chris. Um, But there has been some speculation uh, on on the interwebs as to why Mr. Henry is leaving. Mm -hmm. Uh, Definitely some some rumours and stuff going around about some mistreatment of the source material, I would would, suppose, guess on that one. Um, I think that this already came out. I think quite quite a while back that um, Cavill was was not happy in the direction that the showrunners were taking. Um, the showrunners were taking uh, the I suppose series sort of away from uh, how the books was having it. We should say. Yeah. And um, Cavill's Cavill's a big big fan of the books and the games as well. As he's a big gamer, big Warhammer nerd. Um, so, yeah, it, it looks as though perhaps maybe where they could be taking season four, Cavill just wasn't interested in. Or, I mean, it has been announced, you know, he is coming back as Superman in the DC cinematic universe. Maybe his schedule suddenly filled up and he just couldn't do Witcher anymore. It's one explanation. I'm sure of us will I don't take the other one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's true. No, I'm I'm sure you probably could have done Superman and Witcher easily, both at the same time. Obviously, depending on how conflicted the schedule was, but they'd have sorted it out with him. I think, like on both yeah. ends, they'd have worked with him. I think. They would. Well, it was it was a big kind of component for the Witcher coming to the TV anyway, wasn't it? He? he was a big mm-hmm. fan of the series. He was always, he was kind of pushing to be. Um, Geralt anyway so I think there was a big reason he was a big reason kind of why the series got made and then I think it's a big reason why people watched it as well mm, yeah yeah I, I definitely think he's he's done really well in the role I think he's definitely nailed the character from what 
I the limited that I know from reading the books and the small amount that I've played the games. <laughs> um, but yeah, I suppose we'll see how Liam does. No, I mean, no knocking think, him. Yeah, I, 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 think, I don't think anyone's got anything against Liam taking on the role. It's just that no. people are just disappointed that it's not Henry. Henry's going. Yeah. Because I think it's not the super geek character. Because <laughs> for a lot of people, that was just the reason for watching. I think. Mm, yeah. So yeah, and there was talk about um like pre- is it previous writer? Who was it? Was it one of the showrunners or a previous writer on the series or something? Basically, say they didn't care about the. the yeah, something like that. Yeah. He was like, oh, I'm going to take it where I want. Like, shh. It's just like, well, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a way to go about it. It's like, why why are you even, got, why are you even on this yeah, project? Why, yeah, <laughs> if, you, if you don't care about the source material, why are you here? <laughs> sure There's no reason why some... we're making it. Yeah, sure they could have found better people. Well, we'll see. But it's all right, it's Netflix. It'll be cancelled after four seasons anyway. Probably. <laughs> I think a certain show has been cancelled before it got to its finale recently, but... That's uh, that's for another discussion. <laughs> well, good luck to Liam Hensworth. They'll be as well. Yep. Just to also stick to which, I suppose the um, the first game looks like it's going to get a remake. Oh yeah. Going to see the Project Red. I think it was it was one of the projects they announced a while ago. I forget which one it was called. But that's project something or other. Something or another. That's that's the word. Yep. <laughs> Project something perfect. Yep. That's it. So yeah, the first Witcher is going to get remade. I think it's going to get remade in the Unreal Five engine. I think it's already been confirmed for that. Which I think will be good. Um, I've tried to play the enhanced edition of the original game on PC, and it is quite rough, I suppose. Now dated. Is it? Yeah. It's pretty kind of. It's almost like a, a, a click and go kind of adventure, almost. You can like manually move around with like keyboard, but like combat's definitely dated around that time. So, we get to see a remake of it. I'll certainly like to see how it looks and how it'd feel. I wonder if it'll be more like The Witcher 3 with his combat and stuff. Yeah, can we just get the PS5 upgrade for that, please? Yes, already. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play that. I would like to play it. Again. So, the next version of the Nintendo Switch could be closer than we think. So, this has come from uh, my Nintendo News. So, a job description for an R&D for next-gen hardware has gone out. So, they're currently looking for a 3D CG modeler, according to the recent job listing. Um... So the job listing somewhat mentions that they need to be doing research and development for other next generation hardware. But it also mentions, it outlines um, using Unreal Engine in video games, um, along with other engines, um, as in the same service overview um, that the job has listed. So as, as we all know, on the current Nintendo Switch, there's a lot of cloud ports. And you'd like to think when they talk about Unreal Engine, they're talking about Unreal Engine 5, which is starting to be utilised now. Now, uh, this has been banging on for at least the last couple of years that we need a next generation switch. 
And yeah, we got the OLED. It was nice to have a bigger screen and a bit more memory, but we need a we need a full new iteration that's going to keep up with today today's games. Come on, we know it's going to be the OLED light. <laughs> OLED Pro. <laughs> no, just a light version, slimmer, yeah. less powerful. Yeah, but I, I think it's Nintendo needs this. They they need to be coming out with the next generation hardware, because I know they were a couple of years behind the PS5 and Xbox, and they've never really been the most in recent years. They've never really used the most powerful hardware. But if they want to capture more of their, those third party games and those third party players like FIFA, Call of Duty, they need to they need to do this. I know they've got the core audience with the first party, and that's fantastic. But I think they could be doing more. I don't know. I, d- I don't think Nintendo's ever really worried about what other platforms do. They pretty much solely focus on what what they can do and what's good for them. And they've always like made money. I mean, Switch is pretty much looking to be the best-selling console ever at this mm. rate. Well, it did come out recently that it had overtaken the Xbox um, One sales in the UK. Mm. So, yeah, I don't. I remember, I remember seeing a a comment Phil actually made um, about that we'd love to see Call of Duty on Switch. Um, Legacy edition. <laughs> Legacy edition. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pay five dollars to unlock a gun. Um, yeah. But I don't. I don't think. I'd like to see Nintendo definitely have like almost un- unlock more p- potential for games and stuff with with better hardware and being able to utilize stuff like Unreal Engine Five and I think really that... want to see those kind of like I like the next Zelda game. I would love to see them do more with it, but I, it's it's one of those things. I think it's one of those where because of the restrictions, you have to be more crave with what you're doing stuff like i always think nintendo games are some of the most in innovative and creative games that you can ever play because of limitations and stuff that they place on themselves but i would like to see like a nintendo that's app completely unshackled and just like go balls to the wall with mario and stuff yeah i think the only thing on that is that with all these cloud games coming out, there's games that they probably want to be able to run natively on the system, but it just can't. And that's my main reason for thinking, right, we, we need to get that next generation Switch to be able to at least run these games. Because when I buy a game, I like to know that if I want to put the cartridge in or the disc, that I can play in the future. Not that if a server goes down, I know regardless of if you get a disc or not, you you do fall into that trap, but sometimes there is the game on the disc or the cartridge so that you can play it going forward. Well, certainly not Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah that was one other thing we should have mentioned. Apparently, it's, uh, on the disc, there's only about 72 <laughs> megabytes. Meg- yeah, yeah, megabytes on the disc. And you've and got about 100 gigs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. E- not I mean, I'm, anyway. not, I'm, not naive, I'm not naive enough to think that discs aren't just unlock codes now. But, yeah. yeah. Me, but they, they shouldn't be. They, well, they shouldn't be. No. They shouldn't, no. Especially with the size of the discs now. Like, why can't you have the game on the disc? Well, you've got dual layer, 160 gigabyte Blu-rays now. 
you can fit them on. So, footage of Hideo Kojima's unannounced game is seemingly leaked. So, the the game is coined Overdose, and the, the video itself is somebody seemingly videoing a YouTube video. Yes. Um, which well, is quite, quite strange in itself. Mm, yeah. Because you, you think, oh, why don't you just share the video? But anyway... Yeah, so it appears to feature, um, probably going to butcher this, Margaret Qualley. Yep. Yep. Um, who starred in Kojima's Death Stranding game. Death Stranding. Yep. And it shows the character using a flashlight to navigate dark corridors from a third person perspective. So to me, it looks like it, that she was just going around a hospital. And every now and again, there were these red kind of pointers. And if you pointed the camera towards it, a monster would appear slash disappear. Um, they look very, very creepy. And eventually it ends with a jump scare um, before displaying game over, followed by, it says, a Hideo Kojima game. And then finally, Overdose, which is what we think the name of the game is. Yeah, well, it um, sort of transitioned, didn't it? It said game over and then mm. went into Overdose. Could I get that? A Hideo Kojima game on there. <laughs> yep. yep, that was on it. Um, but yeah, he had like a picture-in-picture, picture, didn't it? Because it, it showed somebody on the mobile phone in the corner. Yeah. So I think this is playing into the whole uh, Microsoft Cloud Platform, wasn't it? I think that's what, what people are thinking. That's what this is. Because yeah. this was the whole talk about it, wasn't it? About how you wanted to do this cloud gaming thing. And we think this is it. So they had a picture of a woman seemingly playing it in the corner yeah curious yeah. won't be playing it <laughs> <laughs> i know it looks yeah curious. well yeah. you play all hideo kojima games how can you not play this one yeah but not this one not this looks one. a bit too scary <laughs> no, this one. Yeah. fair enough i will say about the person recording the video i don't know why he was half naked <laughs> yeah it was just topless so you could just see the reflection yeah it's topless so you can just see his reflection at top yeah so I'm not sure if I want to watch the video now. <laughs> Shall we pause for two minutes so you can watch it and experience it? <laughs> Do we have to? <laughs> Do we have to? It's up to you, mate. You can watch it if you want. I'll watch it as a podcast. Okay. But yeah, I thought that were quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. I think that's what most of the chat's been about, actually, isn't it? <laughs> it's to become meme Why status. Was he yeah. <laughs> Nipplegate gets set up again. <laughs> but it's not Janet Jackson this time. Well, speaking of Hideo this has been one of those things that uh, he's finally. Do you remember that game abandoned? Yeah. Or what's well? Uh, we say it's game. Blue but Point Games, wasn't it? Like Blue Box Games. Blue Box, sorry. But um, he's actually finally come out and like mentioned it. You know, the elephant in the room. Like everyone keeps saying, "Oh, is this a secret Kajima project?" And he's he's finally just said no. It's it's not. It's actually a bit of a nuisance because <laughs> people keep me with yeah <laughs> people people keep sending him memes about it and things like that. <laughs> memes. <laughs> so yeah, he's fly. I just said he's got no to do him. Which to be honest, he could have just done ages ago, but didn't. I'm, I'm sure he was just busy. Well, I'm sure he could just put a tweet out saying nothing to do with me. Bye. Oh, he, he puts out better tweets than that. He's twinned by all these films he's watching. And... <laughs> he's too well, busy with his podcast. 
Yeah, well, that's why he mentioned it on because he, he was he was talking to um, Jeff Keighley. Of course, he was talking to Jeff Keighley on it. Mister <laughs> Keighley, it's yeah. probably his first episode, isn't it? Nah, he's too busy just putting random posts on Instagram. He just puts a picture with like no caption, and everyone's just supposed to guess what he's, what he means. But that's Kojima, isn't it? That's, that's part of the intrigue. Yeah. Actually, just quickly speaking about his podcast, I would love for him to have David Hayer on as guest, but I feel like it, that would mm. never happen now. Yeah, probably not. Like the way he got treated, but anyway, interesting. <laughs> fight, fight, fight. <laughs> <laughs> See the full fight on the video podcast. Yeah. I'll just have uh, just have him and Keith Sutherland on at the same time. <laughs> oh. Right, who's the real snake? <laughs> Should we talk about an announcement that got a lot of fans? gleeful and then immediately shot down their hopes and dreams very swiftly as well that seems to happen an awful lot nowadays doesn't it <laughs> yeah. well yeah no, that's, that is true um you are so is it the witcher stuff again no I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe unsurprisingly the company is in question uh is square enix <laughs> so there was a there was a rumor going around of a potential new uh, projects that they were going to be working on um, that was codenamed Symbiogenesis. Um, catchy. And pretty catchy, yeah. I'll, I'll give them that. And a lot of fans of the series, uh, I think it's Parasite Eve, uh, seem to have somehow linked the name to something that's the, the, they were potentially looking at perhaps a new game in the series. If you don't know what Parasite Evil, I think it's like a it's in a similar vein of Resident Evil, but it's, it's kind of linked to more kind of psychosis and um, using like psycho powers and, and whatnot. So a lot of them seem to be like happy like, oh, maybe they're doing a new game. They seem to have linked the name to something that, that I, I remember reading something about they couldn't call it Parasite Eve anymore due to copyright shenanigans. So they, they were going, oh, maybe this is the new name of the game. Um, and then as swiftly as the hope came up, Square Enix came out and announced there was a new NFT project. <laughs> uh, why, why, oops. Yeah, that's going to be launching next spring. <laughs> So the actual project itself is apparently going to be a browser-based game on PC and mobile uh, that they want they want to create a whole new franchise around. Yeah, so apparently within the game, you'll be able to collect characters, um, digital art, um, where you'll then be able to use them in an interactive story where you discover a mystery through playing missions and whatnot. Um, but... Yeah, that's, that's, that's one way to kill a, a set of fans' hopes and dreams pretty quickly. <laughs> and mention well, the word NFT and that's it. <laughs> well, I think it killed Mark's dreams when he said mobile, so... <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, once you're into mobile, it's about as much as you need to know, so... I think Square Enix also announced that um, they believe like the Japanese market's no longer profitable. And apparently they can't recoup the development costs anymore from the Japanese market. So this is taken from Square Enix's latest financial report. It says, mm. achieving major growth in the game industry is difficult now for companies that compete primarily in the Japanese market, given its grain demo- uh, demographics. 
As such, it is critical for our business that we produce hit titles that speak to the global market, which offers greater scale in terms of both customers and sales volumes. Furthermore, game development efforts are being more sizable and sophisticated as a result of technological advancements in the devices on which they are played, such as consoles or smart devices. The investment required to develop game titles is therefore an order of magnitude greater than in the past. In other words, the Japanese market is no longer sufficient for achieving a level of earnings that enables us to recoup our development investment and generate a profit. And we therefore need to approach our development efforts based on the assumption that we have to succeed in the global market. Mm. So there's speculation that this is going to lead to more live service stuff. <laughs> Square Enix, the new Activision. Well, I don't know, because they, they got rid of a lot of their Western um, yeah. developers in there recently. So Crystal Dynamics and IDOS, I guess. I can't quite remember, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I see how they've started to change the focus just looking at the new Final Fantasy. Seems pretty solely based on trying to trying to catch the the Western market with how it looks, you know, the medieval kind of look and I suppose the Devil May Cry style of play now. It's kind of leaning more to hack and slash rather than a pure RPG game. But yeah. I think a lot of this is probably the cost of Avengers. I reckon how much that cost them and how much they couldn't recuperate <laughs> on that. So recently on um, Den of Geek, there was a list of Xbox Series X and S features that apparently you didn't know existed. And there was one in particular that I thought this is going to cause some arguments and I just wanted to get your opinion on it, really. So they, came, they listed a few things. So the first one was reverse sync controllers. That's just the way the controllers sync with the consoles. Uh, there was expanded phone connectivity, achievement tracking, changing the controller layout. Uh, but there was this one. It was co-pilot functionality. Now, yeah, so this is there's a setting um, hidden in the menus called co-pilot. And this feature links two controllers together and allows two players to co-pilot playing a game. So, right. for example, one person could do the movement and the other person can do the shooting, for example. But I can call, I can see this causing a ton of arguments because if two people try to move because they have equal, equal reign over the controls, it could get a bit messy. Yeah, that's just argument central. That's just, that's yeah. just asking for trouble. I mean... Why can't we just go back to the days where you and your younger sibling had two controllers, yours was plugged in and you were playing, theirs were unplugged, and everyone got on just fine. <laughs> None of this co-pilot stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting concept, but yeah. when you start using it, depends what games you use it for, I guess. Yeah, well, I suppose it'll work better with some games than others. Can you imagine that Call of Duty? Someone <laughs> does the movement, like, the other one does shoot the shooting. Him, shoot him! Fire! <laughs> it reminds me of that um, actually uh, Halo Anniversary um, it had like an integration with the Connect where you could shout grenade and it'll fly fire grenade out and uh, you could if you shout a classic it moved the game um, from the new graphics to the classic Xbox graphics which were quite cool 
But anyway, yeah, it just reminded me of that. But yeah, I think think that function could get a bit messy, cause some arguments. I think any any game, like for example, um, Supermarket Shriek, mm. that that caused me and Lisa some arguments, and I ended up having to get rid of it because yeah. I'm, I'm not very good at taking orders. So we end up like donutting in some of the shots. Because <laughs> you're like, go right, go right. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but did you end up completing that with you with your brother? Or no, no. It's, yeah, we we got into a bit of a stressful situation and we've not played it since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I've still got it. I've still got it installed on all that. Mm. But I might have to do it on my own. Yeah. It's, it's a bit easy on your own, I think. Yeah, that's it. Well, if you're controlling everything, then it's Really? Yeah. What's the point? Mm. Did you ever do that bonus level on it where you it was like a the old Sonic bonus levels on Sonic 3? No, never did that. No. Yeah, so there was um there was a level like that where you were basically on a track and you had to knock certain amounts of tins of beans over. Oh. And it was like the old Sonic ones where bombs had come at you and you had to kind of dodge them, get a certain amount of beans to get to the next like stage in that stage to get to the end of it. Um, it were them stages, so from Sonic's side, where you get the Chaos Emeralds. But yeah, that, that was pretty cool. Found that down in an alleyway. I might have to go back on that. Okay, shall we finish off the news with the uh, shop legalities? <gasps> yes. Legalities? Oh, no. Mm. So this is taken from an article on Kotaku. Furniture giant IKEA has sent a solo indie developer a cease and desist letter demanding he make changes to his unreleased survival horror game set in a furniture store. Mm. So lawyers representing IKEA are claiming that the game commits trademark infringement because some press, out- some press outlets have drawn comparisons between their official brand and the game. So the Swedish firm has have given developer Jacob Shaw just 10 days to change the game and remove all indicia associated with the famous IKEA stores. Uh, the game is called The Story's Closed. And it is an unreleased co-op survival game uh, that's just in its final week of a successful Kickstarter campaign that's raised just over $49,000. And it's created by a lone developer going by the studio named Ziggy. The game describes itself as being set in an infinite furniture store. You'll need to craft weapons and build fortifications to survive the night. And you explore the underground SCP laboratories and build towers to the sky to find a way out. Crucially, though, nowhere in any of the game's promotional materials... Uh, on its Steam page during its Kickstarter campaign, nowhere has the word IKEA ever been uttered. But the legal letter that was sent to the developer said this. Our client has learned that you are developing a video game, the store is closed, which uses, without our client's authorization, in this year associated with the famous IKEA stores. Your game uses a blue and yellow sign with a Scandinavian name on the store, a blue box-like building, yellow vertical striped shirts identical to those worn by IKEA personnel, a grey path on the floor, furniture that looks like IKEA furniture, and product signage that looks like IKEA signage. All the foregoing immediately suggests that the game takes place in an IKEA store. Even though it doesn't actually say IKEA at any point. This is probably the best advertisement this guy could ever hope for, for his game. Oh sure. yeah, definitely, yeah. This will sell like hotcakes now. Or oh, meatballs. <laughs> yeah, sure. But yeah, it's, I quite like the sound of that game, actually. I'm just looking at it on Steam now. And I I can see where they've drawn some of their conclusions about it, but well, I mean, to be honest, 
Well, here's, 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 well, I'm going to have big words here, but I've never been to an Ikea, so I couldn't possibly comment. Never been? Oh, no, I've never been to an Ikea. Yeah. You've not sampled the Ikea meatballs. You've not lived. Yeah. So I think the cause is Store. I think that's what they just call it. S-T-Y-R. I think that's the name of the, mm-hmm. the shop that's in it. Uh, yeah. I, I can see the comparisons. Uh, I can definitely see it, but... The actual word IKEA is never mentioned anywhere, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how far they can take this in terms of copyright infringement. I mean, I don't even know. I, I don't know what the developers are doing. I don't know if they're going to go ahead and remove these things or just take a punt and go <laughs> keep it as it is. I don't know. Should be interesting. Hmm. I mean, how much is it? I don't know, actually. I'd assume we're being an indie game, it's not that expensive. I can't see any prices on Steam, and the release date's um, TBA, so... I wonder why. Mm. Maybe they've had to change. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of changes, though. But it's a yeah. lone developer. She's got a lot to do. Well, I, d- I don't know, because in terms of, like, the uniform, for example, there should be, like, one thing that dictates that uniform, so all you have to do is change the colour. should be easy. should be able to knock it out in nine days, never mind ten. Just change the yellow to, like, orange. Yeah. <laughs> Just a slight hex difference, be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to say, them them shop assistants look freaky. I do not do not like the look of them. If, I don't even think they got mouths. Anyway, it does look cool, though. It does. And I guess that's it for the news. Do you know what, Mark? That was everything I wanted it to be. You hyped it up, and <laughs> the hype was worth it, so. Stop lying. Should we move on to what we currently play? Yes. Yes. Excellent. Nathan, do you want to start us off? Yeah. Of course. So, uh, the first game that I've been playing is a game that I completed. Um, I talked about it in the last podcast. Um, so, I played Tale Requiem. I ended up completing that. And I've got to say... You hated the it. End, you didn't like the, it at all. Well, I don't know. It, it did make me feel things. Now, the... The end of this game uh, affected me more than The Last of Us Part 2. Ooh, interesting. I, yeah, it, I just felt empty when it was finished. And subsequently, I had a look and apparently Studio Sobo's not got a third game for this franchise in the works. So I think that might be it for A Plague's Tale, at least for now anyway. <sighs> 30 mm. hours of gameplay on two games for... I don't even want to say what happened because I actually want you guys to play it at some point. I don't want to ruin it for anyone because it's only been out for two or three weeks now, but bloody hell. I'm upset now. Um, but yeah. There's always a possibility. Yeah, oh, cool. there is. Well, hold on to the hope. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll move on from that. So, FIFA 23 update. Sheffield mm. Wednesday career. Now, I think we were just cusping to get into the Premier League um, a couple of weeks ago. So we ended up getting into the Premier League. We've made some additions and we actually won the Premier League in our first season. Back in the big time. You can tell it's FIFA, not real life. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually scored a free kick. No, you're definitely lying. No, No, I will send you the video. I've got proof. Not photoshopped either. 
I, I was amazed anybody else. I was like, right, let me move it, move the like the point down so it like knuckleballs it and it actually went in. I'm like, wow, I'm getting a hang, I'm getting the hang of this now. So that that was really good. I enjoyed that. So so yeah, won the league. Um, next season we're going to be in the Champions League, so going to have to get some more players in the squad in order to prep for that because there'll be a lot more games to play. But I'm sure we're up to the challenge, or we'll fail miserably and get relegated. But we'll see about that. So uh, another game that we've been continuing to play. Um, so this is the Cup game away out. Oh, so I was really touchy about that because I remember you speaking about that ages ago, and then you never yeah. said anything about it. That's, to thought, be honest, did, he ever, like, did he end up completing it down there? Yeah, like <laughs> other games have like come in and I've been like, right, we've got to get back to this because I want to finish Vincent and Leo's adventure. Mm. Um, so just a, a little bit of a recap. So it's about the, these two people called Vincent and Leo. Um, they basically find each other in prison and they help each other escape, as is the name, A Way Out. It'd be rubbish if they didn't get out eventually. Um, so we end up getting out of prison. And we found, as we talked to each other, we had a common enemy in this guy called Harvey. Hmm. So the plan is that we need to go and find where Harvey is and go and do him in because it's his it's his fault that we've, we're in prison and that we've lost so much of our lives. So just to continue from where I left off many moons ago. Um, so when we next came to play it, we actually, before I get into that, I'll, I will say who who we are in terms of characters. So uh, Lisa plays as Vincent and I play as Leo. And you might have to blurt this out. And Lisa told me, I don't want to be Leo because he's got you no, know, so you can be him. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So we, I, remember, um, I remember you saying last time you were the other, you were switch roles, didn't you? I swear you said you were Vincent last time. Yeah, I think we have, yeah. So oh, okay. she, she didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So as Vincent and Leo do, we had a conversation about it, and then I became Leo. So interesting. The American Italian dude. He's pretty good though. He's quite brash, so I, I like yeah. him. Yeah. And then Vincent's a bit more laid back and chilled out, and a bit more methodical in his thinking. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so uh, we started to play the game again. And uh, we started out on this construction site because we needed to find this foreman uh, who's got some information about where Harvey is. So we go around asking people about where this foreman is. And at this point, you can choose whether to do it the tactful way um, to get get through this construction site or to do it the um, the hard way. This way, we do it the tactful way. We end up lying to these people to say, oh, we're coming to inspect um, the place. So we had our hard hats on and then we cracked on looking for the foreman. So eventually we do, we did find him and we had to chase him down in a, what seems to be an absolutely massive chase sequence that took about half an hour. Um, but we, we got to him eventually. And, um, at that point we had him tied up and we ended up torturing him. GTA style, I'd say. Yeah. So we we had uh, I think we had like blow torches, we had crowbars, we had a wallet. Um, what else did we have? A few other bits and bobs that you tortured him with, and eventually he did talk, and eventually gave up that Harvey was in Mexico. So right, we've got the information. We know where he is now. 
But before that, we need to obviously get to Mexico and we need some guns. So in order to get those guns, we need money. But as two fugitives, we've not got a dime to our name. So we then needed to go and rob a store or a petrol station. Lisa really liked this bit because she works in a petrol station. So I don't think she likes that from her point of view, she wouldn't like to be robbed, but she likes robbing the <laughs> petrol station. So anyway, uh, so again, we get a decision to make. So do we go in tactfully and find out some information about this petrol station? Do it covert or do we go in all guns blazing Leo style? Now, again, we had a conversation and we did it Vincent's way um, because we thought we don't want to be drawing too much attention to ourselves at this point and having the police come after us. Uh, so we went in, talked to some people, and then eventually as we um, we ripped the phone off the wall and we talked to everybody, then the, the heist went down. So we ended up getting the money and getting out, but the police come. So they, they seem to be the stupidest police ever because I think they end up just crashing the car and then not coming after us. But so we end up getting away. So we've got the money. So what we do at this stage is Leo has got a contact that we can go and get some guns from um, a fiery lady. And um, we end up getting the guns from her eventually. But she doesn't really seem to like Vincent that much because she's quite on edge being a weapons dealer and all that. And after you get the weapons, you're in this like bottle factory place so that you can like test your guns out and test like doing rolls and stuff. Because at this stage, it's really just been a walking sim where you've been able to run. So you've not been able to use any weapons. Um, but at this point, we've learned to shoot. And there, there is this bit in this bottle factory where you can turn this conveyor belt on so you can really like practice your shooting and home in on that. So we did that for a bit. And then eventually we went we went away and in between us going away and uh, because at this stage we've Vincent's got somebody that's got a plane that we can go in and then get to Mexico so we can go and get Harvey um, the weapons dealer rats us out to Harvey don't know what connection she's got there but she ends up um, she ends up snitching on us so Harvey knows that we're coming for him and then he decides to put a hit on us so eventually we get to this um, cinema, but before we get into the cinema, um, Vincent needs to try and call his wife because she's heavily pregnant and he wants to make sure she's OK. Uh, so eventually we go and talk to a few people. At this stage, um, there is uh, like a homeless guy in the street. And I thought to myself, we're going to end up stealing his money, aren't we? But we don't end up stealing his money, thankfully. Because he's a veteran, that just make it a whole lot worse, stealing a veteran homeless person's money. We end up going to this kiosk. Vincent buys some um, cigarettes and gets some change so he can use that to ring his wife. Um, but he finds out that she's gone into labour early. Um, so at this stage, he's like, right, I need to get back. But as all this is happening, the hitman comes and chases after us and tries to kill us. So we've got to try and get away from this hitman. Um so we, we start running away from him. Um, eventually, we have to hide in this uh, cinema. And then eventually, we get the drop on him. We kill the hitman. And then eventually, we get outside and say, right, now we need to get on this plane, get to Mexico. But Vincent doesn't want to do it at this stage because he, 
he's found out that his wife's giving birth or has given birth, so he needs to go and see it. Um, so him and him and Leo talk, and they're like, right, because at this stage Vincent's quite guarded towards Leo still, but they have a bit of a heart to heart, and Leo's like, right, um, after Vincent explains, we'll go and see your wife, make sure everything's okay, and then we'll go and get Harvey. So in our gameplay, that's where we've left it now. So we're on the way to go and see Vincent's wife. And then after that's done, we're going to go and give Harvey what's coming to him. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, I, I, I'm really enjoying it. It's, I'd probably say this is the second best co-op game I've ever played. It takes two was the first, but this one. But it's made by the same people, so I can understand why it's, it's good. But um, I think we're coming to the end of the third act. And then I think the next act is where we actually go to Mexico and then start the shootout and try and get uh, Harvey. But yeah, we'll hopefully I'll have that done by the next podcast. But yeah, enjoy I'm, it. Su- I'm surprised you've, you've been more tactical rather than just being all blazing, <laughs> to be honest. I thought you'd be doing the making the psycho decisions. Yeah, I think that's Lisa's influence because you've both got to make a decision together. Yes. So <laughs> that's probably helped. But yeah, yeah it's, it's good. Um, and then just one final game that I started today is one that you played. It's Far Cry 6. So I managed to get this in a deal on Friday and um, I decided to start playing it. One of the reasons is I'm going to be going to Comic-Con in a couple of weeks. And one person that's going to be there, Giancarlo Esposito. Nice. Um because I've seen him in like The Boys and I know he's been in Breaking Bad and every time I've seen him, he's just been really calculating. And from what I've played of Far Cry 6 so far, it's much of the same, really. He just he just plays that role fantastically well. Yeah, yeah. he's probably one of the most typecast person, I think. Yeah. I can't believe he's 64 as well. He just... Mm. I thought he was in his 50s, but anyway, that by the by... Um, so from what I can gather so far, I'm only about 45 minutes in, uh, but it's Costello, isn't it? The person who plays Adolfo Castillo. Castillo um, in the um, in the game, and what is managed to synthesise on his um, on his uh, in his country is this um, cure for cancer, basically, and via that he's got tons of money. But <laughs> what a dick! <laughs> Finding a cure for cancer. But um, off the back of that, I think from watching the cutscenes, people die because you've got to put all this, um, basically poison the plants in order to make it into this cure for cancer. So he's trying to like gather his people up to work in these fields to create this cure to get more money, but they don't want to. So so he's had the military roll in and basically gather people up to work in these um, in these fields. But if they don't want to work there, shot in the head and then move on to the next one. Yep. It's cool. It's um, it feels a bit like um, obviously I was never there. It feels like what it would have been like in Nazi Germany if you'd have like stood up for yourself and not wanted to go down that route like very, um, very fascist. Um, in terms of his methods. Uh, but he's very articulate. You've got to respect his drive. Mm, <laughs> regardless of how he tries to do it. Um, but in terms of my experience with the game so far, so 
I started out as this guy, Danny. Is it Danny? Yeah. yeah. Um, his two best friends are dead. <laughs> so you've, you're basically on this rooftop and you see the army rolling into your city. And this one guy, I can't remember his name, but he shouts something and throws like a beer bottle at this tank and then just gets shot through the head. Like, okay, that's really nice start. And then eventually you run through the city as you see the citizens being held hostage and basically being chopped to death as you're going through. And eventually you get to this boat and you get on the boat and then the boat gets seized because um, Costello comes onto it and one of the people on the boat is actually his son um, because he tried to run away because his son seems a bit more compassionate than his father, Diego. which is absolutely... Yeah, Diego, which is absolutely insane being brought up by him and actually having a heart. So, um, but eventually um, he gets Diego back and he opens fire on the boat. uh, And then you wash up on shore. Your other friend dies. I I can't quite remember what her name was. Um, Yeah, friend number two (laughs) dies. And then that's it. So she gives you a phone and says you need to go to this place to see this person and they'll help you. And then I found out that person is. They've told us what the plan is. So I need to go and find this person to help try and train their guerrilla fighters. And I've got a gun and that's that's where I am right now. I've, I've killed some people with a machete. That were pretty good. It's like stabbing them through the head and the neck and stuff. Um, but yeah, that, that's where I am at the minute. I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. But I always get to this stage on Far Cry games where like when the, when the story bit's going... I'm really enjoying it. And then it gets to a point where I have to make my own decisions and start going off exploring on my own. I get a little bit like, oh, what? it's it's kind of a bit too much choice. And I'm like, mm, I just want to do the story. But I hope this is, it does seem to be a lot more story driven so far anyway. And um, yeah, obviously in terms of difficulty, there is story difficulty. So that's what I've got it on the lowest. So got more health. Don't die as much. So should be should be fun. But yeah, um I'm hoping that um Giancarlo will um, sign my copy of Far Cry. So because um, they'll be doing autographs at Comic Con, so I think I'll um, I'll try and get to see him. And um yeah, get him to sign that for me. I think that'd be nice. Um but yeah, no, oh, go on. I was just gonna say, have you tried have you tried any like the specialist weapons that are in it? Like I think all the backpacks. Probably not no, reached that stage yet. No, I've not reached that stage yet. I've basically got um, a handgun. Um, I've just received like a semi-automatic gun from the people that I'm with. And then I've got my machete. So I've not tried anything else bar that yet. Proper guerrilla warfare. Mm. That's it. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it so far now. So you ain't got the back red gun yet? No, I've not got that. <laughs> I've not seen Chorizo yet. I can't wait. <gasps> Yeah. Or, or the um. Is is there a chicken? Or like a crazy chicken? Yes. There's a psycho rooster. Yeah, that's the one. Can't wait for that either. So, yeah, lots to look forward to. Excellent. Yes. Uh, right, Matthew, what have you been playing? Myself. So, not a whole lot this time round. Although, sort of, a lot of one game and parts of another game. I should say. So, kind of moving off from the last 
podcasts where I completed Borderlands and did pretty much everything, sort of platinum the game. Uh, I still kind of had the itch left over from it, so I decided to move over to Borderlands 2 again. Uh, start a new character there. So, so we're not playing that one, are we? You're not playing that <laughs> one, no. Just gotta get into it. We'll, we can get back into it. It's all down to you, Mark. <laughs> I'd, I'd say it's all down to you too. I've got, got Borderlands 2, I don't I, think. Yeah, you have. You've got the Handsome Collection, have you not? Oh, so I do have it. Okay. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, decided to start a new character. Um, went with the Soldier class in this one, because um, I've, I've not actually gone through the Soldier class in Borderlands 2 before. And just going through the story, really. Um, you get kind of wrecked from a from a train from uh, Handsome Jack, who essentially wants to kill you throughout the entire game. Um, and sort of along the way, you meet um, characters that essentially help you with your mission on sort of going towards trying to um, take Handsome Jack out. So you know, there's there's quite a few. Um, Colourful characters, say. Um, Claptrap, as always, is in there. His dubstep himself, I suppose the best I can describe Claptrap. There's also... Oh, I forgot what his name is, like Colonel something. But he's, he's, he's almost kind of like a like a typical um, animal hunting kind of guy. He'll, like, he'll put you on quests to hunt car- uh, the various creatures around Pandora. And it'll give him like different names that apparently his, his publicist can't can't accept or something. It's, it's a bit of a funny funny quest thing. I can't remember some of the names. Some like Buttface, I think. Might end up being one of them. <laughs> but no, just, yeah, just getting through, and then uh, eventually got Sanctuary, and that's where kind of the the big sort of like I suppose hope of Borderlands Two kind of takes place. Most of the the quests you'll get from Sanctuary, so it'll be sort of you'll meet some of the characters that. Um, you might have met in the first Borderlands or even played as them. Uh, and I've not got too far. I think I only got up to level 15 or 16. So I'm not massively far ahead. But the, the world is much bigger. And the gameplay is a lot better as well. Like, just how the guns feel. You can tell it's a, it's a big upgrade from the first Borderlands. So, yeah, just plodding along through there, really. And... See if I can eventually get you guys back into Borderlands. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see on that one. Yeah. Watch this space. The only other game uh, that I've played that came out about a week ago, and I have a funny feeling that Mark has perhaps partaked in this game as well. I have indeed partaked. Uh, or participated has been Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. The second one, not the first one. Yeah, 2-2. Two, 2-2, two. Two, 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 yeah. Version 2. two Version 2 in 2022. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, so I've, I've played through the campaign. I've, I've completed mm. the campaign. What's your thoughts on the campaign? Because I've completed the campaign as well. Completed as well. I really enjoyed it. I thought it's... Um, it definitely feels like they've they've taken a more grounded approach to Call of Duty. It's not the bombastic set piece that it used to be. Mm. I think. I mean, they're still 
there's still like some big like set pieces, but not in terms of like it's it's more how can I put it? It's less Michael Bay esque, should we say? Yes. Yeah. Um, tone down the explosions, but kind of ramp up the realism of it. I think it might be possibly my favourite campaign in Call of Duty. Really? Hmm. Or that's, that's from memory. Or from memory. <laughs> yeah. Um. I would but, certainly, I'd certainly pay over there. I, I do think it is a really good campaign. What I, what I think is a lot of the reason for that is though is that actually this is because of the modern warfare series in general is that I like the characters in it, whereas I don't really yeah. care about the characters in any of the other like series they have. Yeah, I do like the the I think particularly since sort of the the reboot of Modern Warfare, they've really put a lot of personality to to the characters, mm. and they're not just kind of um, cookie cutter. Generic soldier one, private whatever your last name is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, re- I really enjoy the characters this time around. Like, especially I think I think highlight for me in the campaign was the um, the sneaking mission in. That's yeah, that's a Mexico. Um, the one where you play as soap and you kind of you're injured for most of it. And you have to kind of stealth your way through um, not being spotted by any of the Shadow Ops guys. Yeah, especially being kind of sort of being hunted through the streets, are you? Yeah. At night. Yeah, okay. and then and you're getting sort of communications with ghosts as well to sort of help you sort of navigate through. But, like, the interactions between Soap and Ghost so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I just loved all the stuff where, like, Soap would be like... Um, I don't know if we, if we should believe this, but I'll just say it's, it's pushing it down. <laughs> yeah. And like so, so is like English English McTavish, and he's like, "It's raining effing hard." Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "Well, why, why did you say, say that?" that? He's like, "I did." <laughs> and then like they start doing like jokes and stuff. Like I think um, Ghost has got jokes like, um, "What you call a dog that's missing half a body or something like that?" And he's like, "A half dead dog." Mm. And so it's like, "That's not bad." <laughs> what? That's not a joke. It's <laughs> terrible. Um, That's, that is a good mission, though. It's like I kind of like the way it yeah. it kind of did away with the whole shooty shooty bang bang, and you were you were basically asked to like yeah to it was the way I, I likened it is sort of remember in the Last of Us where you had to I, yeah I was gonna say yeah so basically you have to yeah so basically you have to pick up like things like tape and nails or whatever and then you just yeah. make these improvised devices. Mm. That's kind of how what you're supposed to do throughout this, isn't it? I just thought it was quite yeah. a unique level. Well, I think I, I think it, it gave you multiple ways of doing. It. Like you could go all guns blazing once you got your hands on a gun. Yeah, but you wouldn't um, have much ammo, to be honest. No, it was just handguns, really, wasn't it? No, for the for the most part. I will say I, I don't know what difficulty you played this at, but playing it on hardened. <laughs> I did not play it on hardened. I'll tell no. you that. It's uh, it, it definitely took me a good few tries. <laughs> I'm gonna be straight up. I played it on the easiest mode. And I still had issues on it, so. <laughs> Harden was a little bit of a nightmare on that on that level because it got to a point. Um, I was I was doing fine right up until I think you drop into a bar. Yeah. And it gets to the point where now there's like a good number of them sort of looking around and stuff. So you you really got to use all the all the materials that you can find and stuff and balls to kind of distract them and stuff. Yeah. And. If you do get spotted, it does get a bit 
very difficult. Especially <laughs> on hardens. Like, you can take about maybe two shots, and that's about it. Because mm. most, most of the um, Shadow Ops guys have got shotguns as well. So. Yeah. Um, there was definitely a lot of hide-and-seek cam mouse that I had to do to eventually get... get it did take me a while to finish that level, though. I think it's the one, the level I ended up spending most time on. Yeah, I'd probably agree. I think for me, there was two, there's two points that were difficult. The, the one as you land in the bar, that took me a while to finally sort of, I always had to kind of go Rambo and like stab one, run, run, run off and try and like get into a hiding point before I die and then like start picking them off. It got to a point where I actually got into a room where the only entrance Technically, there was two entrance points, but there's the one main one was up the stairs. Yeah. And I kept on catching them where they would, they would come around the corner, and I could just easily stab them. And the others weren't were like kind of waiting one by one to sort of come up. So I kind of cheesed it a bit until I found out um, one of the guards underneath at the bomb that's got like a a patrol pan between the archers somehow managed to climb up into the window once. I was like, what the? And I had to like quickly <laughs> stab him before he could do anything. <laughs> And he like caught me from surprise, and then um, the other choke point was pretty much towards the end. That was quite difficult to try and work out really how I could stealth it properly. Yeah, um, but I got through it eventually. Um, yeah, I think that was definitely a highlight. I think the what did you think about the one where you're driving along the motorway? Oh God, I'm trying to remember that one. It's it's, it's partly motorway, part kind of dirt. Track, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was interesting enough. Um, I, I liked the idea that you could. Um, I had issues on that one. <laughs> you had issues. I did get to a point where I wanted to keep on moving from a truck that I was on because it was kind of low health, and then but also yeah. trying to avoid the mines at the same time. Yeah, the mine section. Oh boy, mm. <laughs> that was annoying. Because they did. They, they did. Yeah, they didn't show up entirely clearly. I mean, I know they had like flashing lights on them, but yeah, if you, you ran pretty be, you quick, to... it was yeah, a bit... exactly. Yeah, I just like weaved and just hoped. Yeah, I wasn't gonna hit one. But I, uh, as you mentioned about, basically all the vehicles have health, don't they? So you get like a health mm. bar for all your vehicles. So the idea is that you you're chasing someone and you've you've got to hijack various vehicles, haven't you, and chase them yeah. down. I had trouble like leaping from one to another. I kept falling short. I just landed on the road. <laughs> then one drives past it, it just says, You failed! Or oh, got run over. But, yeah. And then you'd have yeah. some motivational speech that comes up. Yeah. <laughs> As you're doing Koji when you die, and there's always a speech that pops up. But I had, I got, I, I like finished the mind bit, but then I hadn't quite reached the um, checkpoint. And I suddenly, an oncoming vehicle just smashed into me. Game <laughs> over. And then oh, it, no. it puts me back before the mines again. Before the mine, oh. And I was like, Stop this now! I've done this bit. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah, I did have issues with that one. But my, my guy just wouldn't jump between the vehicles. He kept going like... Yeah, you, you have to be like really close to him to, for it to happen. Yeah. Um. Just kind of like, just hopped in the air and just landed in the middle. <laughs> and I found it difficult because you can lean out of the vehicles, can't you, to shoot? Yeah, you can lean out or you can like jump on top of the roof. Yeah, but as you're leaning out and firing, your vehicle's slowing down because you're not driving it anymore. So you just watching. Yeah, it people... does all drive for a little bit. But... Yeah. So you're just watching these people disappear into the distance, so you're trying to focus on them. Come back. <laughs> An interesting mission. Interesting. Mm. I did like the um the homage to all gilded up though. It was a good one, yeah. I did That's enjoy a good it. Level. 
That was a good one. I mean, that way you just like tried to take out an entire base just from afar. This big open area. It was a huge level, wasn't it? Oh, it felt like a big, felt like a big level. It did initially, yeah. It, it took me a while to find the last um, last guys I needed to finish off. Because like, like you, you, um, you scan along, you see like thermal, like, all right, there's this, mm. there's this guy, bad guys, there's civilians. If there's like, if there's a group of them, um, then you need to get into a live site where you can take two out at once and Price finishes the other one. Yeah. Um, like the whole base, I'd cleared out, but it, I still didn't get like confirmation that I could like, it was clear. I was looking for ages trying to find these last guys. Eventually it was like some like the, like the closest ones to me. Yeah. That I just, I just couldn't find because I was scouring everywhere. That was good though. Cause I, I liked, I liked how it's structured as well. Cause you could, you could approach the, the bases differently. Like you could go all guns blazers, just go straight in and shoot everyone down. Or you could like, climb up and throw like tear gas in the um, yeah yeah the vents and that kind of in the ventilators yeah and like it would fill them it would fill them out of the base and then like price could help them pick them off if you needed to so yeah i, I liked um i most of the campaign I, it, I did like some of the new stuff they introduced like obviously the sneaking stuff um i think the, the only time that i had issues with the campaign again difficulty wise was the last one so you know the one where you're um, rappelling down the uh, the building. Yeah. You go in, you're clearing some stuff. There was um, the one the one time I think it's the second time that you rappel down and then you go into this kind of fairly large room that's got kind of a forked stairs up. Um, the that, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. That room just spammed all of the armored enemies in the game i was having massive troubles with i must i must have redone that like a good 15 20 times before i kind of i might have just all i did eventually was like go in hide behind the kind of um plant kind of platform thing there was a m i think it was like an m14 that you could pick up there so i was like i was picking that up i tried to pick off the few guys that were at the other side that could be killed easily and then I just kind of turned quickly towards the stairs because there's other sets of stairs as well that kind of come towards you. I was like, right, I've got to throw a flash because the armored guys come up there, pick him off. I know there's about two or three armored guys that come up the folk stairs that love spamming. I just stay behind this platform, and for whatever reason, their their um, I suppose their their patrolling path kind of went past me, so I could like. I could I picked one off and then the other two kind of just like ran off and went out went somewhere else where I was like I could finally get rest by and pick them off one by one but it was such a nightmare that room I was getting really frustrated um, but no I, I I loved most of it I'm trying to think of other standouts well I quite like the uh, air sport missions they were quite good as well where you were like fine yeah you were like the, the AC one three yeah or something like that. But I did have trouble because it's like, don't shoot the buildings, and then I just shot the buildings. I, I shot, failed. I shot, I shot near the building, and I got failed. I was like, what? yeah, yeah, that's what I noticed. Yeah, shrapnel like... damage. You know, I can't be having that. I did like the the wet work one as well. Mm, you know, I think it's the yeah. the first one you play as Gats. You yeah. know, in underwater. Yeah, that was in cool. The, in the docks. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, enjoyed that, and then it leads on to the. Amsterdam level, which everyone's praising for its realism. It looks nice, that. That looks really yeah. nice. Not the longest mission, but 
No. Pretty nice. I had a little trouble there as well. Once once you pick up the guy and the other guy's the commandment, there's literally nowhere to hide, so. Yeah, yeah. On Harden, it's like you've got to pick him up very, very quickly. <laughs> um, but no, very, very good campaign. Yeah, I, I, like not, I don't know if it's the best one, because I still feel like, I still feel like clean, clean house in the first Modern Warfare was probably the highlight for me in that game, and I don't think any game. That was, yeah, any of them really. Mission, yeah. I don't think but, Modern Warfare 2 ever got to those highs, but I also don't think it ever had any really bad lows, per se. Any bad mission that was like, other than the very first one, where you go through a canyon and then you shoot a missile that you have to control, and that was about it. That's officially the first yeah. mission. <laughs> yeah, that's a random, yeah. It's like you do nothing, really. <laughs> but I thought that was just a really solid campaign, and I've got no real complaints about it, to be honest. Mm. That was really good, for the most part. I just liked the real variety. It just, it never felt like it was just a series of shooty shooties. Mm, yeah. They actually, they actually tried to be different on most of the levels for things. Which I really what, like. What did you think of the, um, the tank bar? Uh, oh! With Graves. Gosh. Uh, difficult. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, once I got the hang, once I understood what I was supposed to be doing, I kind of got it. But there was a lot of times when I got the C4 and then I just like missed the tank. It just like just like fell so short. But it was it was it wasn't really the tank. It was the people who turned up were the most difficult, I think. Yeah, there's a couple armored ones in there as well. I think that's probably the most annoying thing about this Call of Duty is why they've got armored enemies in. Yeah. <laughs> they add like silly difficulty to what's already like a difficult mission. So no. Two, two thumbs up for the campaign on that one. Have you been playing any of the multiplayer? I've played a bit, but I'm guessing probably not as much as you. No. I, so, what's, I don't... what's your what's your real thoughts on the multiplayer? The multiplayer. I'm enjoying it. I do I do like that um, movement wise, it this seems to have slowed down a bit. It's not as quick as Cold War Vanguard, so there's no silly people running in very quickly with dual shotguns taking red off all the time. Yet. <laughs> Yet, yeah. Until Mark comes in. Um, yeah. <laughs> the shipment uh, for that just year. And there's no shipment. I can't wait. Shipment's going to come. I can't wait. I'll be on it all the time. I've actually heard rumours that um, they're going to bring shipment back, but it's going to be on an actual ship. Well. So. Good. That'd be cool. That'd be interesting. That makes sense with something that's in the campaign. It would be cool if they had it like that, where you just got crates kind of moving mm. left and right, moving. That'd be quite yeah. interesting. Um, but no, I'm I'm liking it so far. Um, the way you unlock guns is very different in this game. Now, can you explain this? Because I've not really got into it. Though. How do you okay. unlock them exactly? Is this is this something stupid about you have to do a gun and then that that's to do another gun or something like that? I don't know. In in effect, yeah. So what they've done this one now, and suppose they're called Gunsmith 2.0, is um, guns are set in almost like their own family set of guns. So, for example, uh, the first like assault rifle we get is the M4, and you go through its levels. There's about 20 levels, and you know you'll even start unlocking. You know, receivers, optics, stocks, barrels, magazines, all that kind of stuff. 
and then to a, to a certain level, uh, I can't remember what it is, something like 12, 14, 16, something like that, you'll unlock like um like a a new gun within that family of guns. So I think I'm trying to remember what I can't remember what I unlocked, but it was it was either um LMG or it might have been um an SMG. But then you have to use that gun to to a certain level to unlock like the next set of family. So essentially you have to just play every gun. Yeah, in effect, until, the game uh, kind of forces level. you to use all guns until you unlock all that set of guns. There is some guns that are still traditional, like get to this level, you unlock that gun. Um, but for the most part, it is kind of, now you've got to use this assault rifle to unlock this SMG, now you use this SMG to unlock this battle rifle, now you got to use this battle rifle to unlock this marksman rifle. What a weird way. And then, and then there's another one in the in the first set of family that goes up to LMG. It is a bit strange. It, it does seem locked to, well, I should say, I don't think it's locked to shotguns. Actually, no, I think there's one shotgun that leads into another shotgun. Never mind. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's got that kind of it's got that kind of setup now, and so, like for me. What I'm, what I'm trying to do currently is there's a there's a reticle that I like from the previous games. It's like a monocle one. And I've seen that to unlock that, I need to get to level four of this SMG. But to get this SMG, I need to unlock it on this gun. Because <laughs> then I need to unlock from another gun, from another gun, from also another gun. Uh, and then that's it. <laughs> so not convoluted so, at all. No. Um I suppose it is an interesting way of, of making that making you use all guns. They, they actually give them like a purpose, I suppose. But or it's like we've got two years worth of content to get through. <laughs> like oh, the, it yeah, out well, yeah, there, there could be that as well. Um, there's there's already some like three three or four sites that can't be unlocked yet, even though they're already in the game. Apparently, they'll be unlocked once season one hits. For but. No, I'm enjoying my time. I, I I probably split my time between Ground War and Invasion. I, I quite like the the bigger kind of battle game modes. Yeah. So I'm doing that. Um, I don't because I'm rubbish at them. Those are getting me. I, I just I just, I just like the objective. I always play the objective, so I'm always like capping the capture point or yeah. But they are that like, they do promote sniping a lot. Like, especially all, all the, um, there's one map in particular that's literally just a jumble of buildings and there's like people posting on top all the time, taking sniper shots, which is, uh, a nuisance, but, yeah. I also gave the third person mode a go. Oh, what do you think of that? I don't, I don't know if I like it. I was pretty bad, if I'm honest. Like, really? I was, yeah, I was still playing as though it was like first person, so I'm still kind of freely running around and there's people who are just camping pretty much on a corner just looking around because they can see by yeah. it now. Yeah. So I was pretty free. I was a free target for anyone. <laughs> um, so I, I might have to get used to it if I, if I try it again. Like being that mindset, I can't, you can't just really run wherever you want. I do like the idea though that if you're, um, scoping in, um, depending on what kind of site you've got, it now just either zooms in over the kind of closer to the shoulder, yeah. or if you've got like a four times plus sight, you do get sort of the first person eye insights again. 
game. So that's, but no, I'm enjoying my, my time with it so far. I think I'll, I'll be playing more of it. Um, also, I give the co-op a go as well. Oh yeah, I'd like to give that a go. So there's, yeah, so there's like three spec op missions, I think they call them spec op, in this that you do co-op with two players now. Uh, and the two that I played of, of quite enjoy actually. The first one is very much kind of a, a stealth mission where there's, there's three points on the map and you have to essentially recover these like nuke type devices. And then once you go all three, you have to exfil out the area, but you can kind of go in stealthily and like not alert, um, the guards or anything and stuff. You can, you can, Tackle it that way, or just go guns blazing if you want. That's fine. Um, I was enjoying that. That's pretty cool. The other one is is on a bit of a, a bigger stretch of map. You need to use vehicles to get to these certain points to take out SAM sites. You know the um, anti-missile. Yeah, safe SAM missiles. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you have to take out the I think there's four. And you have to take each one out at a time, but they, they've some fair distance to each one, so you got to use like a vehicle to get to them. You can stealth from that as well if you wanted to. Um, and I've not played the third one, but I think the third one with the sands bit might be more of a defense-based mission where you have to defend an area from enemies and stuff. But I'm I'm liking it. I'd like to give it a go, maybe some point with viewers. Yeah, good. Get that done. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's I suppose my thoughts on Modern Warfare 2. Any any final thoughts from yourself? No, well, as I said, I've only really played the campaign mainly. Thought that was pretty solid. Mm. I'm looking forward to playing more of the multiplayer, uh, but I know I'll be bad at it because I'm bad at Call of Duty. Um, but I'm looking forward to Nathan getting it as well. So then maybe we can all get on it. And I don't think I'll be bad snipers. <laughs> well, Matt, you'll just carry it. That's that's how these things go. That's well, that's how all our games go, really, isn't it? Yeah, me, me and you were, me and you, Mark, were the like the meat shields, and then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my back already hurts. So. Yeah, <laughs> suck it up, <laughs> deal with it. Um, oh, I will warn as well. Apparently, there's a invulnerability glitch on. Oh, of course there is. Perfect. <laughs> uh, apparently, do that. So you have to have a riot shield out, and you have to be, it's like you have to be attacked by an airstreak, and if you survive it, that somehow gives you invulnerability. <laughs> I mean, Vince's brother. Pretty much. There's a, there's a, I've seen videos of like this guy who's gone through his like knife, knife an enemy, killed him, ran around, there's a guy with a riot shield, he's there like knifing his back and nothing's happening, and then gets killed from behind <laughs> himself, nice. so that's quite funny. Can't wait. So we get on that. Well, that's what we're being called playing. Now, due to unforeseen circumstances, or foreseen, maybe, unfortunately, we will not have a, uh, another episode in two weeks. We will be back in four. Where there'll be a lot of... Mo- yes. But I'm sure that will be a bumper edition, because we'll have a ton of stuff to talk about, no doubt. Yeah. And maybe Nathan can show off his uh, Far Cry 6 signed copy. Mm. And Giancarlo... Oh, gossip, gossip if I don't get it signed now. <laughs> yeah. Pressure I'll probably, now. I'll probably end up forgetting it. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. I apologise. So, you guys might have to uh, carry me on that episode. I might be jet-lagged. <laughs> well, enjoy your holiday. Enjoy your Comic-Con, Nathan. And I'll, I don't know, play games, I guess. Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy yeah. your beer. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy your games. 
So if you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. We release bi-weekly on Tuesdays, usually. You can visit our website at jokingtopic.com where we post the whole thing. Also feel free to follow us on all social media platforms to continue the conversation. You can find Joking Dolphin on YouTube and Facebook, as well as on Instagram and Twitter at Joking Dolphin. Until next time, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Sayonara. See you in four weeks.